Hey, what's up, everyone? Drew here, and I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for checking out our podcast, 108 North. This is the college podcast for First Baptist Statesboro. And I want to take a quick moment before we dive into the episode to say, uh, if you happen to be a college student in Statesboro, whether you're going to Georgia Southern, Ogeechee Tech, or something in between, you're looking for a community and a church to plug into, we would love for you to come hang out with us at First Baptist. We're downtown, big church, 108 North Main Street. May look a little intimidating from the outside, uh, but we would love love for you to come and worship with us and to learn how to grow. We're all about equipping and making disciples. So we have worship services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And in between those at 9.45, we have a college gathering, uh, Bible study that we'd love for you to come join and hang out with. And then if you can't make that for some reason on Wednesday night, uh, we have a college large group gathering that gathers at 6.30 as well. So love for you guys to come hang out with us. If you want more information, there's notes in the show notes and details and links. Uh, and you can always reach out to me. So hope you're having a great day. Thank you for listening. On with the show. Hello, everyone. This is Drew, and I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the 108 North College Podcast. As we dive in today, we are talking about the question of who is Jesus. And if you're just joining us today, uh, we have been on Sunday nights this semester. Uh, been going through the book of John and asking ourselves, who is Jesus really? Because we see who Jesus is a lot clearer through his interactions with others and with the people that he comes in contact with. So that is what we are talking about today. And uh, we're diving into this. Uh, Last time we talked, we talked about how Jesus is full of grace and truth. Uh, And man, we could do probably an entire podcast on just that. But today, uh, we're talking about the very first words that Jesus says in the book of John. Uh, But before we get into that, let me ask you guys a little question. And if you know me, you know I love questions. And uh, yeah, it's just one of my favorite things to do because a good question, uh, I don't know, it just brings a lot to light. So uh, here's the question. Uh, Did you actually watch the Olympics this summer? Um, Because I didn't. And uh, I'm a little sad about that, actually. I was really looking forward to the uh, Tokyo Olympics that just happened this summer. It was supposed to happen last year, if you kind of been off the news, but then we had this little thing called COVID-19 happen. Uh, and to not joke about COVID, it's been very sad having a global pandemic, and we're still dealing with it in 2021. Uh, but the reality is, is that I didn't see hardly anything of the Olympics this year. And maybe you did as well. And usually the Summer Olympics are some of my favorites. I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for uh, Winter Olympics, by the way, because curling uh, does not make sense, but is so interesting to watch and try to figure out the rules in your head yourself. Uh, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh What's interesting to me and and what made me think about this beyond the fact that, uh, you know, Japan is 12 hours away from uh, the U.S. So everything was in the middle of the night and I have a toddler now. So the reality was, is I wasn't going to watch any of it no matter what. But one thing that did catch my eye just the other day was this really interesting article talking about how much money everyone who wins uh, a gold medal in the Olympic makes. And I had never thought about this, you know, because I'm always just rooting and saying uh, USA, USA. But it's interesting that it varies from country to country. Um, It can be hundreds of thousands of dollars in some smaller countries. And uh, when you've got countries like us in America that are really big and we end up winning a lot of gold medals, it can't be that. So my question to start us off, besides if you've watched the Olympics, is any clue how much somebody who wins a gold medal gets for winning a gold medal money-wise? 
Well, in the U.S., interestingly enough, I discovered and had no clue about this. It's about $37,000, which, again, is not a small amount of money. But if you think about the amount of effort, training, and time that goes in to what these athletes do, training for years and years and years just at this one shot, that kind of seems like it's maybe not as much as you thought it would have been. But what Olympians want, besides a gold medal, if we're honest, is very little to do with the money that our government's giving them for winning, even though I'm sure that's nice. No, no, what they really want is an endorsement. They want to be on the Wheaties box, which, by the way, I don't know if I've ever eaten Wheaties in my life. I just know that athletes that are really good go on the box. Or maybe they want Nike or some other company to pay them to endorse their gear, to give a good word. And who can blame them? Because those things can end up being millions and millions of dollars. Endorsements, man, they do matter. But if we're honest about it, if we're honest with ourselves, endorsements kind of vary in quality. Uh, For instance, maybe one of the stupidest endorsements I've ever seen was a soccer player who's kind of famous, David Beckham, evidently ended up uh, endorsing unhealthy fish sticks, which doesn't really make sense because if you've seen fish sticks, they just are these like brown sticks you put in an oven and they don't look healthy at all. Um, or if you know who Snoop Dogg is, maybe you've noticed that he ends up, you know, endorsing all sorts of weird things. I think the latest one I saw was like Norton antivirus, which is really strange, but maybe he just leans into that. Uh, we live, especially in American culture and probably in the world culture as a whole, obsessed with celebrity and we have influencers and other people like that, that are all about endorsing things, giving a word to something. And if I'm honest, and maybe you too, I don't take those very seriously. Here's why. They have nothing to do, nothing in common with me. A celebrity endorsing something because of some reason doesn't really do much for me. But I tell you what does. Again, I have a toddler. If a mom comes up to me and is like, hey, by the way, if you do this, uh, it will help you. I promise, man, I'm listening to that endorsement. If they tell me to pick up a piece of gear or to try something a little different because it literally has changed their life and got their kids to go to sleep or do some other things, well, then that endorsement all of a sudden becomes extremely valuable. If a mom tells me a certain medicine helps their kid or if maybe uh, somebody who has already graduated from your major tells you, hey, make sure to pick up this piece of advice or this book or this thing or, hey, You ever had a class maybe if you're in college, you're like, make sure you go to the study sessions because by the way, you'll get all the answers to the test. Yeah, that's a valuable endorsement. I say all that to say this, guys, we see that right off the bat in the book of John, we have endorsements from a few different people, but particularly from this guy named Andrew. So let's dive into this. This is uh, John chapter, let me get this right, two, I believe. Uh, And this is what it says. The very first words that Jesus has are simply this, what are you looking for? And that in and of itself could be a lot to talk about, but let's dive in a little bit more. So verse 35 starts and says this, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples and he saw Jesus passing by and he said to them, look, the lamb of God, the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned around and noticed them following him, he asked, what are you looking for? That's a good question, and we'll get back to that in a second. The story continues. They said to him, Rabbi, which is the Jewish word for teacher, 
where are you staying? And then Jesus responds, come and you'll see. And so they went and saw where they were staying, and they stayed with him that day for about four in the afternoon. See, the first thing we have right here is John the Baptist pointing out Jesus and saying, listen, this guy is the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the real deal. And some of John's followers, the people he's been working to disciple and to grow and to teach, he actively is like, hey, stop following me and follow him. That's a pretty good endorsement. And when they do start to follow him, Andrew and John, the author of this book, are basically asked this question of what are you looking for? And I think we all have to wrestle with this question a little bit. I mean, it's pretty obvious that John and Andrew are looking for Jesus after all. They have for a while been looking for the Messiah. You know, here's the reality is that Jesus in this instance, in a few words, pierced the disciples' hearts. These two guys and He does the same for us too. And I wonder for whoever's listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, what would your answer to that question be? You see, in a very real way, Jesus is looking at us and asking us, what are we looking for? And we could say all sorts of things. And even Jesus asking these guys, it could be all sorts of stuff. Maybe it's assurance that everything's going to be okay. Some sort of position that has influence and power. Maybe They were looking for excitement. After all, Jesus was supposed to, you know, bring the kingdom of Israel back up to it. And Rome was kind of a big deal. So maybe uh, some rebellion sounds exciting. Maybe they were simply seeking to escape some boredom of everyday fishing. Or maybe they were just looking for affirmation that it really is okay. Maybe some kind of religious experience. Maybe they were looking for love. Or maybe they were just looking for security. But they were looking for something. And Jesus asked them that. And Jesus knows Ultimately, all of us are really looking for him. I don't know about you, but maybe you're in this boat as well. And if Jesus asked you this question, what are you looking for? We could fill that blank in with a lot of different things. I know sometimes I really just need to be affirmed. Maybe you do too. Maybe sometimes I'm looking to escape from how hard life is. Maybe you're in a position that you want power and position or you're bored with your life. So you want some kind of excitement. Maybe you just want to be safe and loved or assurance that everything is going to be okay. Or maybe you're just looking for some kind of religious experience. But ultimately, in the end, we're looking for Jesus. And in all of those things, we may not fully understand that what we're looking for is him. But he says the same thing he said to these disciples to us too. And it's a simple response of come and see. See, all of us, including these disciples, are looking for something. Jesus was so captivating in this moment that these guys left everything in the middle of the day. It was probably only like three or four in the afternoon when they left just everything they're doing and they go see Jesus. They go to this invitation of come and seize and everything changes from there. Now, I talked about uh, endorsements earlier and we see this really interesting thing here because after Andrew has been with Jesus, he goes directly to his brother's house. And uh, he immediately goes to his brother, Simon, and he says, hey, we have found the Messiah. Now, this translates to Christ, Scripture says, and he brought him to Jesus. You see, I'd say that's a pretty good endorsement as well, because if you care about someone, 
you're going to take them. And we don't know the full picture here either, but it's pretty abundantly clear that Peter was not in the same boat that Andrew was. He wasn't following John around looking for the Messiah. No, he was probably just doing his own thing. And the little we do know about Peter, uh, Simon, and he will soon be known as Peter's character, is that maybe he was, uh, you know, not looking for the Messiah and Jesus. Probably more of a pragmatic, as a friend of mine likes to say, uh, ready, fire, aim kind of guy. He probably didn't believe his brother to some degree, like many of us don't believe our siblings, but he went anyways, and he met Jesus, and he was never the same. You see, Jesus, when he meets him, uh, literally gives him a new name. This is verse 42, and Simon uh, brought Simon to Jesus, and when Jesus saw him, he said, you are Simon, son of John, you will be called Peter. And Peter means rock, and quite honestly, Uh, Peter is nothing like a rock at all. Jesus is calling him something and seeing something in him that he doesn't have at all. I mean, the little we know about Peter, he's a little emotionally unstable, impulsive, has a bit of a roller coaster of mood and a bit of a hothead, quite honestly. But Peter, Peter comes at the request of his brothers and finds an unexpected gift, new character, transformation for those who are willing to Follow Jesus' invitation of come and see. See, here's what we all have to reckon with today is that we all have this same invitation. Jesus is asking every single one of us, what are we looking for? And whatever that answer may be in whatever season of life we may be in, there's an invitation for us to come and see that Jesus is really good. See, something that a lot of us Christians get wrong and a lot of people don't understand is that following Jesus isn't a... Uh, isn't a spot, but it's an open and dynamic pilgrimage in ways. It's not a static position, but it's a, a road. It's not a place to stand, but a pathway to walk in with a choice companionship of Jesus. See, some men are looking for Jesus, like John and Andrew, and others will find him because others bring him, like Peter. Some just flat out are completely against him and run straight into him like Paul does later on in Acts. But the reality ultimately is this, is that every single one of us, whether you believe that Jesus is Lord or you think he's not even real, is to wrestle with the reality that we have to ask ourselves what we're looking for. And we're all invited to come and see that God is who he says he is if we're willing to follow him. And let me tell you this, wherever that may be finding you today, is that if you will find and follow Jesus, if you'll take him up on this and come and see, you'll find more than you bargained for. You'll find real life. That's my prayer for you, whatever season you're in, is that I hope that you will find that Jesus is more than you thought he was. But you have to come and see first. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. And uh, hope to see you guys here next time. And uh, we're going to keep talking about this. And uh, I will talk to you guys later. Have a great day. Peace.